This is the Collector Car Podcast, the home for the auto enthusiast. Join Greg Stanley as he applies over 25 years of insights and analytical experience to the collector car market. He will interview the experts and throw in some fun stuff as well. Thanks to this episode's sponsor, LLC, TLC. They are just doing an incredible job saving you money on your registration. Be sure to register your vehicles, airplanes, boats, street legal, side-by-sides, and trailers to your own Montana LLC, and you will pay $0 in sales tax. So go to LLCTLC.com for more information. Hey there, welcome to the Collector Car Podcast. All right, Monterey is over, but I'm still digging into the numbers. I hope to have a podcast where I recap the results from all the auction houses on the no reserve cars to see how well they did compared to the estimates to see if one auction house is better than the other at selling no reserve cars. I also am curious to see how everything shook out for the reserve cars. So stay tuned for that. It's a lot of data crunching. I'm hoping the guys at Hammer Price can help me out versus me having to manually enter all this information for hundreds of cars. So stay tuned. It might be a couple months, but we will see. Now, if you haven't been to my YouTube channel lately, please join. I'm up to 60,000 subscribers, which is crazy considering just probably three months ago, I was around 4,500. Now, obviously the Ferrari GTO sale is a big part of that. So I am posting some fun behind the scenes videos. More will come as quickly as I can produce them. They'll be just a little fun, less than 60 seconds of stuff. And I will do a big recap at the end of it, which will have all of my little fun videos from you know, the initial photo shoots to the actual sale in November. So please subscribe there. So today, one thing I thought would be fun would be to talk about the history of automotive words. So this is just kind of fun. The first place I'm going to reference is Auto Influence. And then the third uh, website I'm going to reference is Eddie, I cannot say this right, uh, E-T-Y-M-O-N-A. L-I-N-E. So it's a weird word, but we're going to start here. Uh, If you're watching on YouTube, I will just float up some generic Google images that are copyright free, so I don't get into any sort of trouble. Now, the first one is chassis. So chassis, now this, again, this is from autoinfluence.com, an article for the first eight to 10. And then I went to another site to pull some fun uh, words that I've always kind of wondered about. So chassis, start with the very common term chassis. This term was used earlier to reference a sliding frame for a gun or a window frame. If you look at the origin of the French word, it comes from the Latin capsa, which means box case. Today, chassis refers to the body or frame of a car or truck, which is what we're looking at online now. All right, next is a very simple word, axle. So axle, there we go. A word that is tossed around a lot, axle has some interesting beginnings stemming from the combination combined Old English word eax, E-A-X, and the Old Norris word oxel. Then it later combined to form the new word in Middle English that we know today, axle. The axle refers to the horizontal rod which the wheels revolve around. However, most modern cars do not have traditional axles leaving this feature mostly found on pickup trucks and other heavy-duty vehicles. All right, next we're going to talk about torque. There's horsepower and there's torque. Now, if you're watching online, this is a lot of uh, equations, looking (laughs) diagrams of mathematical equations online. So torque, another term that's used in nearly every car description is torque. 
This term is repeated and emphasized, but really something a lot of first-time car buyers simply brush off, not knowing what it is referring to. They just know they want a vehicle with a lot of torque, whatever that is. I'm scrolling through these vehicles or these images on Google, and they're not all about cars for some reason. To simplify a complicated topic, torque is how much rotational force an engine can exert. The word torque comes from the Latin word torquery, which means to twist, rotate, torture, or distort, among other things. This makes sense when you think about things like the torque wrench or the medieval necklaces and bracelets of twisted silver or gold, which are also called torques, which there are some necklaces showing up on the YouTube. All right, next is a coupe. Now, I have a Mustang Fastback, but I also have a Mustang Coupe as an option. All right, so visually on YouTube, this is, or uh, Google, this is just a bunch of pictures of cars. All right, thinking about getting a speedy, sporty coupe? Well, make sure you're ready for tight space and a low riding experience. The term coupe comes from the French word carrosse coupe, which basically refers to a cut-off carriage. This was a low-to-the-ground two-seater carriage with a spot for the driver outside. The term was adapted near the turn of the century to refer to the new Coupe de Ville town car. The earliest models of the coupe allowed for an exterior driver with two passengers in the enclosed cabin. Traditionally, coupes have two doors, but modern manufacturers are stretching the term to include four-door cars and even SUVs that have a sloping rear roofline. The cars that come to mind immediately for me would be the Dodge Charger, the four-door that's swoopy, the Audi A7, maybe even the Mustang Mach-E, uh, some of those. All right, next, Hemi. This is a word I find pretty interesting. All right, so for Hemi, a term we think of as signifi signifying power is Hemi, which comes from the Greek term Hemi, meaning half. But when we think about a truck Hemi, this refers to the hemispherical combustion chambers of the cylinders. So a more specific Let's see. So a more specific definition makes more sense. Hemisphere comes from Greek hemispherion. If we dissect the word hemi and spherion, we get the word half and sphere, both of which directly relate to the modern term hemi, a powerful series of truck engines. Also, obviously, all the hemi cars like the Challengers, the Chargers, the Hellcat, the Demon. Now, what's interesting is this, is, this half sphere talked about the combustion chamber back in the 60s, even the 50s, they were known as Hemi's because the combustion chamber was actually a full half sphere. Today, on today's quote unquote Hemi's, it's not a full half sphere. So technically they are not Hemi's, but now it is a marketing tool. Ford had a big Hemi. Just have to go back to the 1969 and 1970 Boss 429s, which were, would be considered Hemi's. All right, next, let's go to the alternator. All right, got some great pictures of some alternators here. The word alternator is a well-known term among mechanics. If you're unfamiliar with cars and someone says, maybe it's the alternator when your car doesn't start, chances are you'll stand there and nod your head thinking, why is it always the alternator or the starter or some other part I don't know the name of? The origins of alternator are humble, but also help explain its job in a car. Coming from the Latin alternate, it means to do by turns or one after the other. In a vehicle, the alternator is a generator responsible for keeping the battery charged. 
It's interesting that it calls it a generator because from the 1964 and a half Mustang, they came with a generator. The 1965 Mustang came with an alternator. All right, next, let's check out the word clutch. All right, now if you're looking online, it is a weird disc-shaped item, the clutch plate. Another term used often is clutch, which has nothing to do with purses, but stems from one of the several origins, most likely being the old kliken, which is to bring together. Later on, it became a term used in millworks and wasn't adapted to automotive use until the turn of the 20th century, where it came to mean a device that brings things like gears or mechanical parts together. In a car, the clutch is a grippy plate that can exchange or disengage to transfer power. The word is also referred refer to the third pedal in a manual car, which operates the clutch for the transmission. I never thought about it as being something to do with a purse, but there you go. It's a purse, or some aspects of it refer to a purse. All right, ignition. Ignition, a term everyone is familiar with, came from the French word for of the same spelling, which originally was derived from the Latin ignire, meaning to set on fire. So no mystery there as to where the term came from. The word can mean a number of things, all having to do with fire or combustion. At first, it referred to the combustion when a musket was lit and later referred to a combustion engine. Whether you turn a key or push a button, the ignition system activates an electric starter motor that starts up the engine. Awesome. All right, next is the transmission. The term transmission is a fairly is fairly straightforward as you can expect. Coming from the Latin term transmissione, which means movement or transferring from one place to another. In the case of a car, the transmission uses a number of gear ratios to turn the engine's rotational energy into something that is usable at the wheels. How this works depends on the type of transmission as there are several different designs in use today. There's no simple way to gauge transmission quality across all vehicle makes and models. So the best way to learn about specific vehicle transmissions pros and cons is to look up a review. All right, if you're looking at the pictures online, you can see a transmission is full of many gears. I think it would be fascinating to watch one get rebuilt because I know it is not super easy. All right, next is the radiator. All right, the radiator. Let's see, the much needed car radiator came about from a mechanical device that looked like a stove, which transferred heat from steam out to a room. Now, if you're looking online, it didn't specify, or I didn't specify automotive radiators. So it has some of the old school radiators you might see in an old apartment dwelling or old house, as well as some automotive radiators. All right, a similar mechanical mechanism was installed in automobiles at the turn of the century to help keep a combustion engine from overheating. A typical radiator is composed of a huge number of tiny pipes uh, that take hot coolant from the engine allow it to radiate the heat into the air, releasing it and cooling the engine. Let's see if I can get one here. Here we go. Uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, all right, next one is automobile. We all know what an automobile is, but where does the word come from? Probably one of the most common auto terms is that of automobile itself. This everyday word is a combination of the Greek and French autos from Greek, meaning moved of itself, while mobile is French meaning moving. 
So an independent self-mover pretty much sums up the spirit of the automobile and its driver. All right, next. All right, this is from the other website. All right, so the first one is Phaeton. I always find this word pretty interesting. In the car world, it basically means a four-door convertible that has does not have permanent windows. So where does that come from? Type The type of light, high, open four-wheel carriage with seats for four or two made in many varieties. Now that definition is from 1742 as it relates to horse-drawn carriages. Let's see. From Greek, uh, let's see. Phaeton, name of the son of Helios and Climinen, who obtained, uh, let's see who obtained leave to drive his father's son chariot, but being unable to control the horse was struck by Zeus with a thunderbolt and slain after nearly setting a fire to the whole earth. His name is literally shining from Phaeon to shine gleam from Phaeos light. Earlier as a name for a reckless driver in the 1590s. Wow, okay. All right, while we have pictures of cars floating across the screen here, let's get the definition or origin of the word car. Now this one was difficult, goes back to 1300, meaning of a wheeled vehicle. Uh, it's from the Anglo-French word carre, C-A-R-R-E, or Old Northern French of the same name. Let's see, originally two-wheeled Celtic war chariot. All right, so that goes way back. Also relates to cart or wagon. All right, how about jalop? Let's see, a, a jalopy, all right. This is a harder word. All right, how about a jalopy? Here we go. Jalopy is a battered old automobile. Now this goes back to 1924 of unknown origins, perhaps Jalapa, Mexico, where many US used cars supposedly were sent. I should probably go to Google Maps and find out where Jalapa, Mexico is and see if it's right across the border. That'd be pretty sad if we're dumping our old cars in Mexico. That would not be cool. All right, the next one, we talked about torque earlier. Well, how about horsepower? Let's see, unit of measurement at the rate of which a motor works. All right, that was from 1805. Let's see, established by Watt as the power needed to lift 33,000 pounds, one foot in one minute, which is actually about 1.5 times the power of a strong horse. Much abused in the 19th century most of the times it was considered very fallacious, shockingly unscientific me, uh, unit of measure. So horsepower, that makes sense that it's 1.5 because if you think of the power of a horse, I don't know, I just can never make it quite equate properly. All right, let's see next, while we're looking at a wheel on YouTube, let's talk about the wheel. The old English word H-W-E-O-L from Proto-Germanic, Let's see, it's also Old Norris. This goes way back. It meant to revolve, move around, sojourn, or dwell. That's where the word wheel comes from, and then it was eventually applied to the wheels we know of today. All right, next is dashboard. This one's pretty interesting. Windshield, you know, windshield, it's a shield for the wind, you know, so that's pretty easy. All right, dashboard. Uh, let's see, back in 1846, a board or leather apron in front of a carriage, horse-drawn carriage, to stop mud from being splashed, dashed into the vehicle by the horse's hooves. So it was a board to block dashed slash splashed mud 
thrown up by the horse's hoof. Of motor vehicles, panel under the windshield on which control panels and gauges are mounted. Now that is from 1904. Let's see. All right, I mentioned windshield. It's a shield to protect you from the wind. All right, let's go to Cabriolet. Now when I Googled this, the VW Cabriolet is what mostly showed up from the 80s, the Rabbit Cabriolet. All right, originally a passenger vehicle drawn by two or four horses. It was introduced into London from Paris in 1820. The name was extended to handsomes and other types of carriages, then to similarly looking parts of locomotives, referencing 1851. It was applied especially to public horse carriages, then to automobiles for hire in 1899, when cars started to replace the horseless carriages. All right, just two more. I'll keep these pictures of cars rolling along. Uh, it's funny, one of the images says a Cabriolet Ford Mustang. Well, that's not true, that's a convertible. All right, accelerator, uh, referenced in 1610, a hastener from Latin accelerator, agent noun, to hasten, to make haste, motor vehicle sense of pedal, which operates the throttle and thus modulates engine speed is from 1900. All right, and the last one I'll reference is something that we all love and use, gasoline, light, volatile liquid obtained from distill, distillation of pe petroleum. That reference is from 1864, a variant of gasoline, L-E-N-E, -E, from 1863, Britain. Let's see, so it's basically three little words put together. Gas, G-A-S, in its then popular loose sense of compound of gases used for elimination and heating purposes. The O-L probably here represents Latin for oil, and the ending is from chemical suffix I-N-E. So that's where gasoline comes from. All right, so that's it for this week. I will do the deep dive and continue working on the no reserve data that I hope to have. By the time I get it done, I don't know that you will want it anymore. So thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. As always, please like and subscribe. Please share with your friends. And I will talk to all of you next week. Thanks for listening to the Collector Car Podcast. Don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes and be sure to follow us on Instagram and everywhere else at the Collector Car Podcast.